Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Huradene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. So Anita, thank you for coming back. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we just had like a moment of dead air there where <laughs> there was like awkwardness. I love it. Uh. Anytime I could make Darcy feel awkward. Um, so yeah, please. Tell, keep talking about the RCMP program with the addictions. We might as well start there. Okay, yeah. No, uh, so my name is Anita, and uh, I am an alcoholic in, in recovery. Oh, hi, Bob. So since last time I was here, it's been, what, a year, almost a year and a half, I yeah, guess? I think so. Yeah, lots have changed. Pandemic, back to back to work. Um, oh, yeah, because you came on the first time at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that's April. Right. That's right. You know, I coming at the end of the pandemic. That's pretty good timing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty roller coaster for the last little bit, uh, for last year, I guess, after I came, uh, just wondering if I was ever going to go back to work with the organization and, you know, why I want to go back, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a code of conduct hearing and you know, I, I put everything on the table that I've done with recovery and, and, um, you know, and I was able to keep my job, you know, nice. I, I set a precedent, uh, when it came to that, cause it, they, you know, uh, wanted my job, let's be yeah. honest. And, um, you know, I just showed that people can recover from alcoholism and for making F ups, mm-hmm. you know, and take, and, and the biggest thing is taking responsibility for your actions. Yeah. You know, and I did that and it was quite funny. The adjudicator, no, actually it was the lawyer asked me if I would ever drink again. And I bluntly said, I don't know, but for today I'm not going to drink. And I think that really resonated because, you know, that's being honest. I mm-hmm. can't promise if I'm going to drink Mm-mm. next week, yeah. you know, today's for today. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So th- that was uh, pretty stressful back in September, but we got through it. And uh, with a lot of help from, from everybody involved. And um, after that, uh, I got, uh, got to go back to work. And, you know, one of the biggest reasons I decided to stay, because, you know, I've told people before, I could have I walked away from this organization numerous times. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, probably for lots of good reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the biggest reason I, I, I stayed is because I want to make sure that other people that uh, are suffering from whether it's PTSD, alcoholism, depression, you name it, anything with mm. mental health, 
didn't have to go or don't don't have to go through what I went through mm-hmm. with with the organization, right? Yeah. When you know when you're reaching out for help subtly that they get it. Right? So so my big thing right now, you know, going back to work, it's it's it has its ups and downs. Um I got demoted. I was mm-hmm. a corporal, now I'm back to a constable. But that's okay. You know, I, another year and a bit I can be able to promote back up to the ranks if I wish. Mm-hmm. I'm not worrying about that. That'll come with time. But you know, coming back to work is tough because it's a lot of triggers for mm-hmm. me. You know, when I was not at work and working on my recovery, it, it was great because my triggers were not there. It was, you know, but coming back to work, dealing with the stress of the job and dealing with all the dynamics of the work area and, and you know, the public. But I take it day by day. I, I find that I have extra resources I can use. You know, I, 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 you know, make sure I talk to my psychologist on a regular basis. I still, you know, good thing. Mm-hmm. One thing about uh, the pandemic, Zoom is now, mm-hmm. right? So it's easy, you know, pull up a, you know, a meeting. Um, and then also sharing my story with other members has mm-hmm. been amazing. You know, I've gone to work at a different detachment area. And next thing you know, the person's sharing their story and I'm sharing my story and it's helping me and he doesn't realize it's helping me. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we've, you know, shared and a lot of members are, are hurting out there, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it be. And, um, so I decided to approach my boss and say, okay, we need to do something with members that are suffering from alcoholism, you know, because one thing, you know, like I've said in the previous one is, you know, it's the dirty secret of the organization. And, you know, we deal with so much, whether it be PTSD, anxiety, depression, you know, you name it, anything with that mental health circle, what do we do to cope with it? Dr- drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's that common thread. Mm-hmm. How do we cope? How do we cope? Well, we use alcohol. You know, because it's easily read, read, available, and it's it's popular mm-hmm. in the organization. I'm not gonna lie, you know. And it's encouraged lots of times. Yeah, it is. Right. right? And uh, so, I talked to my boss, and we decided to reach out. I reached out to uh, a higher up in the organization of the RCMP, and I said, "Hey, I want to start a addiction umbrella under the peer to peer program with the organization." And um, so we're in the works on that. So, you know, hopefully we're just have some stumbling blocks right now that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. but hopefully slowly we'll, we'll get it. it. It's on the table. They're aware of it. And you know what? It starts with, with the people on the bottom, right? The people that are living recovery. Mm-hmm. And when I went and I said, well, we need this for members that are suffering from alcoholism and mental health. And I don't even like to use the word mental health because... I find that it kind of takes away, but you know, you need one alcoholic or one alcoholic talking to another possible mm-hmm. alcoholic to understand, mm-hmm. right? Because I never had that with myself, right? And we need to be able to talk in confidence, mm-hmm. and that's the struggle we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Is you know, you disclose something to me, I have to go and disclose it. Well, no, where's that trust? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you make somebody better if you're going to break their trust right off the hop? Mm-hmm. 
I had that issue. I don't want to trust anybody in the organization when I was going through my stuff. Yeah, of course not. Right? Because yeah. what are the repercussions? There's a lot of repercussions possibly. Mm. And, you know, at that time I was around long enough that I understood it. So, so we're trying to, you know, build that confidentiality piece. Hopefully, you know, I believe there's liability, but I think members' wellness and health comes mm. first and foremost in this organization. Yeah. It should. You know, we are risk managers every day that mm -hmm. we put on, that we go out on that street. I think mm -hmm. we can risk each other's, you know, especially, mm -hmm. you know, I want to make sure that member who says, I drove drunk last week or I drove drunk last night or, you know, I yelled at my wife that comes forward and confidentially tells me, okay, how do we go ahead so it doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. Instead of, hammering it you know you're getting in, you're getting in shit you're getting this you're getting mm -hmm. the book thrown at you no how do we help you yeah where's the rehabilitation you know if, if if they're coming forward mm -hmm. and disclose self-disclosing that's a big step for a lot of members mm -hmm. you know or even if like with me i was unable to self-disclose so i you know i was kind of my last resource you know that okay here we go you know I lay it on the table but you know, when people are telling you stuff, it, it's hard for people mm -hmm. to talk. So, you know, let's help them. <clears throat> let's not hurt them even mm -hmm. more. Right? Yeah. And, you know, so that's where we're kind of at with that. And, you know, it, it's it's a work in progress, right? Um, How's it been so far? Like, what's the... Has you Have you gotten a lot of, like, pushback or... No, right now, um, as far as I know, we just had a follow-up meeting here. And, and, and it looks good. Everything, you know, it, it is promising. It's just that... It's that confidentiality piece that we're mm -hmm. kind of fighting with right now. And I can't, I don't even know too many details on that. So, you know, mm -hmm. I hope that Alberta will, you know, um, accept that, you know, there needs to be confidentiality when it comes to peer-to-peer -peer mm -hmm. support. Well, and, so, and, and to define the confidentiality that, that, that is the limit. Right, like, cause there, there's, there's a limit with it, right? Where, yeah, and that's where we risk it out, right? Like, yeah. Like I said, we're, we're risk managers every day, so. Yeah, and you, you should know. be able to figure that out. Yeah, and, um, so we'll see where that goes, and you know, mm -hmm. if, if there's pushback on that, you know, we're not done fighting. I'm not yeah. done fighting this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've met a bunch of members now that are in recovery, and I got a list of members ready to go when we get this off and going, mm -hmm. and, and, um, we're gonna. We're going to be this, you know, there's going to be roadblocks and mm -hmm. we're, I got a group that's willing to fight for it. Right. Cause like I says, members well-being and health is important if mm -hmm. they want to keep going in this, you know, with everything else going on in this world, you know, yeah. we need to support each other. So, well, and, and I mean the, a supported, a supported team, any, however big the team is, if it's supported by each other, chances are they're going to do less damage, like less negative damage right yeah like, like you look at the overall like if we can save one member you know we might save their marriage we might save their job we might save them a code account you know like mm -hmm. the long you gotta look at the long term right yeah. as well so hopefully hopefully we can do that but you know like i say it takes people like me and my friends and my family and recovery and the organization mm -hmm. to get it going because you know they need to uh you know management needs to trust us mm -hmm. you know people well, that live the program it's it's very difficult to work somewhere where management is kind of undermining you half the time yeah right like yeah. and yeah. 
and it, just from the outside, because I'm not a member, so yeah. like from the outside looking in, it looks like in every like aspect of law enforcement, management basically hinders the operation, yeah. right? The the um, the healthy functioning that could be there, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and they t they talk about life balance and all this stuff, right? The and yeah, but it's like a buzzword for them. Well, right? Yeah, like they say, you know, uh, and I'm gonna be pretty blunt, you know. Um, I don't even like to use the word management. I'm going to use the word executive mm -hmm. or executive. They go and they say they care about mental health and, and all this stuff. Great. Mm -hmm. Use those buzzwords, right? Like the mental health is a buzzword. That's why yeah. I don't really like using it. And it is for the exec. I'm glad you changed yeah. it. Yeah. And I like using the words alcoholism, PTSD, depression, anxiety, because mm -hmm. those are issues. Yep. And, you know, they, they say one thing, but yet they won't let us have confidentiality mm -hmm. because of liability. So do you really care? Show me where you really care. Yeah, you send us to uh, to treatment and, you know, you, you give us resources. But, hey, let us be able to speak mm -hmm. to the peer, to peer. Like, let us speak to people that understand each other. This is the same, some, something similar. Like, and you might want, I don't know if you've done this or not yet, but look into CPS's peer support. Yeah. Because I haven't heard that they've had any issues with that, okay. but I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know how they do it. Um but that'd be a good question. Yeah, that, that I will have to look into that next time. Because I know that they have a pretty good peer support program, yeah. from what I understand. But although all of these programs are expanding now because they realize they need to, right? Because there's more members hurting than they thought. Yeah. Because the exec is so disconnected, how could they possibly know, right? Like, yeah. And I'm glad that you just distinguish between exec and management because there are some sergeants who are really good. Yeah. And, you and know, they're I managers, mean, right? Yeah. And, same with staff sergeants. They're really good. And they don't have that executive authority, right? So Yeah, yeah. no, that's, I want to make, yeah, I want yeah. to make that clear because, you know, I, my management team that I currently work for are great. Exactly. So, I w know. I'm glad you did clarify that because yeah. it is. The corporals are managers. Sorry, like, that, and that makes a difference. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you're not getting a whole lot of pushback except for the confidentiality. Yeah, that's right now where okay. we're sitting at. So like I says, we're, um, we got a girl there in the peer-to-peer -peer program that's working on it, and uh, we'll go from there and see mm -hmm. where it goes. And but like I says, if we get, it, hopefully it opens the door for at least a conversation about mm -hmm. it, you know. And I'm hoping that's at least, you know, the executive, the executive has said, um, no, like they have not come out right said no to to the addiction umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, so which is good. So I'm hoping that, you know, with all this confidentiality, we can open that door and have yeah. a conversation with them and, and go from there. So, mm -hmm. you know, one, one day at a time, you yeah. know, that's how I live. You know, I don't get a, you can't put the horse before the cart and, you know. Do you find that it's become easier for you to live one day at a time and not putting the horse before the cart because you realize you can't? You know, some <laughs> days are easier than others, right? Like, yeah. you know, um, I do have, I do struggle with the whole and I'm just being open and honest here. You know, I, I, I struggle with being back with being a constable because mm -hmm. I've been in management and I've been one of those uh, Hi, Bob. supervisors and, and I forget that I have somebody to be accountable to, mm -hmm. right? So that that's, you know, sometimes that one day at a time helps me to live yeah. in that moment, but other times it's just like, it's, it's tough, right? Mm -hmm. So, but for the most part, you know what? It, it does get easier with time. Yeah. You know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but it is manageable. Yeah. You know, I don't, uh, you know, there's things that I look back on now that I've gone through and it's like, wow, I used to drink over that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like you have yeah. that bad call or you have that bad experience with somebody or, you know, management tells you something or there's that conflict at work. And, and, you know, now today I look at it and I just laugh at it, but then the old me would have just, mm-hmm. you know, got home, cracked open a bottle and, you know, and dealt with it, dealt with it my yeah. own way. Right. Yeah. So, but it, it's growing. It, it, you know, it, it's definitely, um, a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't go into work and I don't say, Hey, I'm in recovery. I don't, you know, tell my story to hundred different people, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, when I believe it's supposed to be told, I tell mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. and, you know, um, and that was, you know, I, I imagine everybody at my job probably knows what happened. Mm-hmm but nobody talks about it and I've told a few people it and I've told a few people to listen to my last podcast. Mm-hmm. It pretty much has everything in there yeah. that they, they want to know. And if they have questions, they can ask me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think, you know, it, it's recovery should be attraction, not promotion. Yeah. Right. And so I see it as, well, and I think that's what we do when we share our story, right? We're not promoting anything in particular except no. for, this is what worked for us. Yeah. And we're just letting you know this is what it was. Yeah, this is what it was. This is what it is now. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's all I can do, right? I can't, yeah. I can't fix anybody. I can't force anybody. Mm-hmm. But I can try to plant that seed. Yeah. And, you know, and, and help them water it, I guess. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not that person that's against drinking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm definitely not that person, but, you know, but there are people that do have a problem, right? Like it was funny. I was talking to my psychologist last week and I was reflecting because I just had three years here, June 12th. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, like usually, you know, at your anniversary sober day, you know, you have nightmares and this and that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had a few drinking dreams and, and I started thinking the word one off. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the past, I used to have, the first time I had an alcohol incident with the RCMP, I, I, I chalked it up to a one-off. Mm-hmm. And then it happened again, and it was a one-off. Yeah. And then it's a one-off. And then, actually, it's not a one-off because you're just <laughs> compounding the garbage in the freaking trash yeah. can. Yeah. Right? And, and you're drinking over the same thing over and over and over again, so it's never a one-off. So, yeah, so when somebody's telling you it's a one-off, mm-hmm. it's not a one-off. You should probably use that as a cue, as a, you know, mm-hmm. a red flag. Yeah. You know, because there's never a one-off. Eventually, one-offs become a pattern. Well, and that's right. what I, that, but, the, yeah. but it's fine. It, it actually, it took me three years to realize that. Yeah, for sure. You know, because, yeah. you know, you reflect and you do that and you're like, yeah, it was never a one-off. No, but those first three years, you're learning so much yeah. about not drinking, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's just like trying to live sober Mm -hmm. and trying to deal with stress and, you know, anxiety. Like now, you know, um, you know, you're possibly on medication Mm -hmm. and, you know, and sleep. Yeah, yeah, I was on, I'm on anxiety medication, Mm -hmm. right? And just trying to balance life and, but yeah, so... And, oh, yeah, we still do have our first responders group in Red Deer. I was going to ask it's about still that. still going. Yeah. I got my two old boys are every Wednesday. Right on. So, you know, anybody out there that's suffering, uh, you know, 
don't hesitate you know like yeah. anybody that's listening to this and want my contact information you are more than happy if they can reach out to you sure you know they can give of course my my contact info and yeah. we can hook you up um you know i've had members listen to this podcast and they were just amazed mm-hmm. so yeah good i'm glad i'm glad they're listening because this is why we do it right we yeah. want people to hear the stories yeah that might never walk into a room right oh for sure or they need like i just Maybe they know they don't even know they want to. Yeah, right? like, or the, need like to. the program is like we just had a I had a coffee with my boys yesterday in Red Deer, and we just met a new girl. She's a civilian member. She's a sober one year, so did it on her own. Through now she's like, hey, I need more. Mm-hmm. And she heard about the first responders group through somebody, and yeah, you know, there she is. Right, that's so, awesome. You know, we got to keep uh, the doors open. You bet. Yeah. And I mean, that, you know, that's happened here too in Calgary with the first responders or the cops meeting here in town. They, um, they started to open it up to more civilians too. Um, um, I didn't realize that dispatchers were civilians, first of all, like I didn't know that until somehow I think I probably did know that and I forgot, but, um, there we've, it's opened up for, because everyone involved in this service that you guys provide can be traumatized. Yeah. Right. And, and when those critical events happen, they are traumatized. Right. Like even if they don't want to admit it right off the hop, because you might, it might not hit you directly that day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, three days later or whatever you, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh yeah. So Bob is here tonight. Yeah. I was going to ask about him after the, once you're done talking about red deer, maybe you're done. Because I love the fact that Bob's here. Yeah, no, we can go to Bob right now. Bob, want to come say hi on the on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you guys out there in Radio Land uh, understand what's going on, there is a beautiful, and I mean beautiful black lab named Bob in the room with us. So earlier you would have heard him breathing on my microphone. Yeah, he's amazing. So tell me about Bob since he's the center of attention anyway. <laughs> Right? Yeah, so, uh, no, Bob was there during my drinking times. He, mm-hmm. He's seen me. He's uh, been with me for almost five years now. Oh, okay. So he was, he was there when I was drinking, and he was there when I sobered up. And, uh, yeah, I left him for a year. He had to go live with my parents for the first year of my sobriety because mm. I wasn't able to have him. So uh, he has a little bit of separation anxiety now. Yeah. I, you know. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he is such a lifeline. Um, you know, did you get him some special training? Yeah. So, um, he is a therapy dog. Yeah. Uh, through the uh, Red Deer Humane Society, he did get, he did pass that and we were supposed to go volunteer. And then of course the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no, he is, he is a certified therapy dog, so he can go anywhere. It is so strange. I I can almost tell every time I'm around a therapy dog because they do very similar things, right? Like they come and push their butt on you and they sit right next to you and yeah. And, um, yeah, he does that and he loves people and he comes into the detachment usually once a week to, to say hi to all the girls at the front counter. Of course. And, and, uh, they, they love him there. And it was funny. One of the girls at the the detachment said, Oh, you you know, you should make him into a therapy dog. I said, actually he is, Yeah. you know, so he just has that, that thing. So he does have that. But yeah, he's just, he's my lifeline. You know, he, you know, when you need a cuddle, he's there, you know, um, yeah. You know, dogs are (laughs) such amazing therapy. You know. Oh God, and, yeah. And uh, between that and my cat. 
And what's no. your cat's name? Lois. Lois, that's right. Yeah, Lois and Bob. How could I forget Lois? My auntie's name is Lois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and they and they and they love each other. They're they're best buds. They get along pretty oh, good. Oh, great. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Lo um, funny story. Uh, I put Lois on a harness outside, and Bob pulls her around and walks her around the yard. Oh, really? Yeah. So that is hilarious. Yeah. So they're friends that way. So, um, yeah. No, you know, I recommend you know especially. I live by myself. Mm -hmm. He's always there waiting for me at home. I'm having a bad day. He yeah. knows. He comes and cuddles. It's, you know, and now he doesn't have to see me drink because yeah. I, I think dogs understand. Oh, I think for sure they because, do. Because, you know, yeah. He My cat knows when I'm messed up. Yeah. Like, they know when you're messed up. Like, not, like, of your, your right mind, right? Like, yeah. they can tell. Yeah, and, like, you look at his attitude now and he'll look at you and mm -hmm. yeah yeah bob, bob what's up buddy come here bob come on <laughs> there you go yeah no he's a he's a hundred pound uh, lap dog that's for oh sure oh my god so. he's just so beautiful too sit down sit down so <laughs> you guys can't see it out there but he's watching somebody through a window and he really wants that somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> right bob <laughs> you are such a sweetheart, buddy. Oh, he's so beautiful. It's so sad. My brother just had to put his uh, big giant Malamute down. Oh. Yeah, big Sammy. Yeah. He was just in so much pain all the time, you know. And but they they become such a part of the family. Oh, eh? he does. Like, like he like this morning we ran uh, with all this virtual running and stuff. We did a right. It's called Run Regina for the first responders. So we we oh, did that okay. this morning and yeah. We, so, you know, he always likes to run and get wet and, and have a good time. He's running out for all those service dogs out there with the RCMP, so, yeah. and Calgary and wherever, any, any service animal. Oh man. And I just heard about that service dog that was killed, eh? Yeah. That was one of your guys's, right? Yeah. 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 It was horrible. I, you know, I feel oh. for everybody that was involved in that. Cause I, I used to work up there. Did you? Yeah. Um, in that area and. You know, my heart goes out to everybody that was involved and, you know, prayers to everybody. Yeah. And to that handler. And um, then last week we had another service dog that was stabbed. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's it's crazy how this world is going. You know, unfortunately, we, we have no control over it. Well, I couldn't believe that two happened in a week, in a couple of weeks. Like, I thought for sure someone was just repeating the first one. Uh, yeah, it was less than a week. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, one of my friends was on route to the first one. Yeah. Like he was the backup. You know, yeah. our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it gets so close to home, hey? It is. It is. Yeah. You know, and I know the members that were um, involved with the dog at yeah. the time and, and stuff. And <sighs> yeah, it just, you know, I just hope that they're getting all the help they need. You know, yeah. it's tough. You know, um, I, 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 I personally try to disconnect yeah. from that stuff because... It, you can get emotionally attached mm -hmm. and that's one of my one of my things i'm really good at mm. with with my trauma is i can get emotionally attached yeah even if i don't know somebody yeah. or know it, the incident or be part of it right you but just, if you're emotionally connected right yeah so you know it's not i'm not trying to be heartless or anything it's just no you know, no we gotta sometimes de de i get it detach and right? see but this is this is good for us to talk about it like this because i don't feel that way about those things right yeah I am allowed, based, based on my privilege, I'm allowed to not have to feel that way, yeah. to not have to close it off. I get to feel what it's like to know 
that someone's dog was killed. Yeah. Right. And I get to feel that because yeah. I, it doesn't, it's not going to hinder me. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's what lots of people out there don't understand about the job you do. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that there's lots of things that I can take for granted that you can't. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. I, and not that, not only that can I take for granted, but I do take for granted. Right. Like, and uh, it's been such a, an interesting experience getting to know so many members of different departments yeah. closely, right? Because it's eye-opening, right? Yeah. Like to hear our mutual friend talk about that event, I was just like, oh my God, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and all the things that you're, you're thinking when you're an officer in that situation, yeah. the yeah. thought processes and, oh, it stressed me out just listening, right? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I don't want to harp on that, but uh, yeah. the dogs are just become a part of the family, right? Like yeah. no matter where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, it was, it was funny. Like, you know, I call them, I, I call them my fur kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day I was at work and I guy, one of the guys I work with say, okay, I'm going to run home and feed the kids. And mm -hmm. he looks at me kind of cross. He's like, you have kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have two fur kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. The fur kids. I just call them my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, they're just part of the family that, you know, yeah. they have four legs instead of two. Yeah. And, uh, you good feed them? You take them to the doctor? Yeah, like a good, th good thing, uh, you know, we went to Elk Island the other, I'll tell you a funny story, we went to Elk Island the other day, walking on the boardwalk, and I'm not paying attention, he falls into the water. <laughs> and, uh, you know, good thing he's a dog, and he kind of knows how to swim, because I swear if it was a kid, I don't know where oh. to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have been like, how did he just fall in the water? But kids do that shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think he actually, I didn't even, I didn't, I don't even know how he got in there. He probably just jumped in, but. Was it hot? Yeah, it was hot. Oh, but yeah. the, the scary part was it was blue-green algae in the water, though. Oh, shit. So I'm, I went into parent mode. Yeah. So. So you had to take care of your doggo. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, you know, like I said, so he's just part of the family. He's, yeah. a, he's a big, big, hairy kid. Oh, he's a big, handsome, man, what a big, handsome dog. Yeah. Hey, Bob, you are. And you're such a sweetheart. I yeah. can just tell in your eyes. Yeah, he went to the spa yesterday. He's like, <gasps> you know, he goes to the spa. He went to the spa. Yeah, gets a grooming, a good wash, gets his nails done, you know. Oh, He's yeah. Just... And they I, love him there in Red Deer. I so. bet they do, man. How yeah. would you not love this guy? You'd have to be like a, you'd have to be evil. Yeah. I could think maybe Adolf Hitler wouldn't like him. Uh, he's, he liked his shepherds, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Those evil Nazi shepherds. <laughs> 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 I know those crazy <laughs> bastards. Um, yeah. So is there anything else you want? Like, cause no. you, well, you just got, took a new post. Like how long have you been up yeah, there? So, um, yeah. So my, my, uh, my hearing was in September Yeah. that I was telling you about. Um, yeah, that was real stressful, but then, uh, that was oh, cleared that up. must've been awful. Yeah. But you know what? I had, um, I had some really good friends that came for support. Um, the union was great. Oh, were they good? Um, had great, you know, representative. Um, but yeah, it was stressful. Like, yeah. you know, but you know what? At the end of the day, I knew I did everything right. Yeah. Because you said it earlier, you took accountability, right? That's the biggest thing is take accountability for your actions, no matter how big or how little they are. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you hit something with the police car, you take accountability for it. Mm -hmm. You drive drunk, you take accountability for it. Right. So, um, yeah. So, and then I got a, I got a post uh, placing in December, mm -hmm. and I'm in Vegreville, Alberta, the big Pasanka. So if you uh, want to see the big Easter egg, come for a visit. 
Uh, the big Easter eggs. That's right. Yeah, I'll tour you around. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, it, it's a great, it's a great place to just get back into the swing of things. Mm -hmm. You know, being back to, uh, I'm one of the senior constables. You know, a lot of junior guys there, and you know, just teaching, teaching the guys everything I know. You know, mm -hmm. I might have lost the rank, but I didn't lose the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really grateful for that. I can help the junior guys out mm -hmm. in, in a in a constable level, right? Um, you know, so yeah, but you can help them with a new perspective. Yeah, right? a new perspective of like, everything. Mm -hmm. You know, work life, yeah, balance. You know, um, one thing I am finding that I'm doing now when I'm at work is more life work balance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, work is so busy um, with a lot of overtime with neighboring detachments and just work. You know, working in Bakerville per se itself. Um, that, you know, I leave Vegreville, I come to Red Deer, decompress, take mm -hmm. my days off, you know, I sometimes work a couple days on my days off, but, you know, I really, really focus on that balance. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I go to the gym, but I, I, I got a membership to one of the gyms in Vegreville mm -hmm. just so I can not come into the office, just yeah. so I have that break from work. What just a good those, decision. Just yeah. those little things, right? That because, mm -hmm. you know, you come to the gym at work and then you're like, oh, checking your emails. You go, oh, what's going on for the day? Mm -hmm. And that can really screw up with my mind, man. Then it starts, Mine too. I you know, I start running hundred miles a minute. Okay. Well then I got to do this when I get to mm -hmm. work. Then I got to do that when I get to work. And you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm crazy half the time. Like I always say, like the day I turn normal is the day mm -hmm. I'm scared. You know, because, yeah. you know, I think we're all a little crazy in recovery. Yep. Yeah, and but if we turn normal, I, something might be wrong. Yeah, the day, yeah, the day I turn, start becoming normal is, oh, I better be careful. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, you know, just doing those kind of things for myself, taking time for myself, you know. So but people underestimate how important it is for those little things, right? Yeah. To have a gym outside of work, to, especially if your job is so... Um, Oh, all encompassing like yours is right yeah. where you could easily be working 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Oh, de definitely. You know, yeah. like it's, it's easy to, so it's know? way more important to disconnect. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I, where I try to disconnect. And now hopefully, you know, with, with COVID, you know, the gym, of course the gyms were closed and this and stuff. So it was a little more difficult, but now things are starting to open up again yeah. and hopefully we can go back to some kind of normalcy when it comes to that. And and mm -hmm. just having Bob too, you know, we go for a run and, yeah. you know, decompress. Like, you know, I do my meditations and, you know, go for a run and just connect with whatever. And it's great. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, just one day at a time, yeah. you know, that, that, that's, it's such a simple motto. Like, you know, not take that first drink, live life one day at a time. And, uh, you know, just got to be open and honest with yourself, mm -hmm. with yourself. Yeah. And the trust with the organization is slowly coming back, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. And I would, if I didn't say that, I'd be lying. Yeah. You know, but I think it, it's fair. Like, how could you just get it all back at once? Yeah. No, it, it doesn't. And, yeah. you know, but it, it, it's getting there. It's, you know, it's a work in progress. Well, part of that work in progress is you taking accountability, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Because that's part of what's going to make it shift. Yeah is you know what you did and then you can leave what they did to them. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, for sure. And what a good place to be. And, and also, you know, like it's like any big organization, there's always going to be problems. 
Yeah. And you know Nothing's what? Perfect. And the thing is, it's it's not my shit. Yeah. Not my circus, not my monkey. Mm-hmm. And I can leave it at the door. Yeah. I just got to worry about me and worry about the guys I work with. And, and you know, yep. life goes on and, and uh, I don't need alcohol to cope. And like mm-hmm. I say, some days are easier than others for sure. When, you know, it comes to stress and anxiety and, and all that stuff. But, you know, I got tools now that I can use and, and I yeah. use them. I just don't leave them in the toolbox yeah. collecting dust. Because if I did, I would be probably, you know, three sheets to the wind, don't know mm-hmm. where I am, right? Well, so. and you cer- well, even if you were sober, you certainly wouldn't be as happy. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Yeah. Like, there's one thing of being sober, and then there's one thing of being living in recovery. Mm-hmm. Two, two different things. Yeah. And I don't know if people understand that, that it is two different things. You know, you can be a dry drunk, mm-hmm. you know, which is just, you know, white-knuckling it or being sober. You know, and then there's recovery, using those tools, using the, using programs mm-hmm. t- to live a better life, to be happy, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I think I'm, you know, I'm getting there. You know, will I ever be there? I don't know. No, maybe not. Maybe we never will, right? Yeah. But I can tell you that if you stick with it for, uh, for as long as you can, and that turns into years, I can tell you that you'll probably figure out better ways to cope with stuff. Yeah, oh, Because sure. I know that no matter what's happened, and it hasn't all been rainbows, right? It never is. But I have learned so much more about coping with real life by being sober and in this and involved in program, yeah. um, one program or another, um, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine me being alive without it, right? Like, or what it would look like were we alive without it, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't seem like a very positive place to be. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to change, for me man, I could not be sober and not change. Yeah. Like I had to change, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you, you got to live life on life's terms. Yeah. Right. Um, unfortunately, life still goes on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to say that I'm still the same old Anita, mm-hmm. but I just don't drink. And yeah. I, I keep telling myself mm-hmm. that I've, I've used that line, but I have changed mm-hmm. with certain things. Of course. You know, Work ethic-wise, I was always a hard worker. I don't think that's ever changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've changed my thought pattern a little bit, my outlook on life, mm-hmm. my, not my values, because I always had values mm-hmm. and morals, but just just the outlook, yeah. the understanding, yeah, empathy. That's huge once we sober up, eh? You know, um, Hi, I, I work in a, in a job where I see addicts and alcoholics and people that are suffering from mental health every day. Mm-hmm. Some there's just no hope. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that, you know, maybe one day I can help them as well. Wow. Right. It just, I'm not there just to help fellow members. Mm-hmm. I'm there to help other people if I can. Yeah. Right. And I believe that there will be a time and a place where I can interject my story and my knowledge mm-hmm. to those people on the street as well. You know, I went to, uh, I had a call, you know, this lady, an alcoholic. Yeah. And I says, you should go to a meeting. Yeah. Because I knew she used to go to meetings. And she kind of looked at me kind of funny, but just left it at that. Mm -hmm. So did she know? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just those little things, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go and change every single person I deal with. No, of course not. But, you know. But it gives you empathy so that you can deal with people 
in an in, in unique individual way when you meet them. Yeah. As opposed to getting a big brush and painting them all the same, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think what I've noticed in terms of like um, law enforcement memberships where they're in recovery and learning that empathy, it has changed their lives. Like not just at work, but in every aspect, right? Yeah. Because like you said, you get some empathy, you then start listening to what other people are telling you, like their actual story, yeah. as opposed to what we think their story is. Then we start getting more empathy yeah. because we start to realize that, oh my God, just like us, everybody is suffering. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> right? That we thought it was just us. Yeah, and it's not, you know, and it definitely yeah. is not. And, you know, w and unfortunately with COVID and coming to an end, there's going to mm -hmm. be a lot more people that are suffering that we're going to start seeing because I think COVID took a lot, took a big hit on mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, mentally and emotionally and yeah. physically and spiritually. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of things happened behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Our, the, we had such an increase in uh, requests for service, like through my organization, that yeah. I couldn't keep up. Yeah. At one point, I was literally forwarding emails to colleagues. I'm like, I just can't. I can't yeah. do anything about this one, right? So uh, you guys as well, I know, saw an increase in several different things, like um, from the dispatcher's perspective, like suicides, domestics. I don't know what it was like on, like, on the street over the last year, but... It, it seemed, because I haven't been able to go on ride-alongs and stuff like that, all I kind of know from the members is what they tell me. Like, it's changed, like, a lot in just a year and a bit, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I know, you know, alcohol use is up, drug mm -hmm. use is up, mm -hmm. OD, um, mental health, overall mm -hmm. mental health. Yeah. Right? So, it, it, it's sad. Yeah. Like I said, life on life terms, we can't yep. control it. I can just control what with what I do today, mm -hmm. and that's all I can do. And and I like that you keep saying that because that's how we have to get that in our head. Yeah, right? I got to keep telling myself. You that. have to. I wake yeah. up every morning and I say, okay, I only have control of today and what I do, and I can't control A, B, C, or D. Mm -hmm. You know, life um, on life's terms, man. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, you got we especially us in recovery, mm -hmm. you know, we got to tell our mind that because our mind can switch back in a heartbeat. Yeah. It, it, like almost instantly. Right. Yeah. And you know, I get that. Yeah. I get that stinking thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm human. You know, um, that's one thing. It, it's, I am a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I'm under construction and I will always be under construction. Yeah. I will never be a final product because I am not perfect. And that's amazing. Cause that's what recovery is going to show you. Yeah. It's going to continually show you that not only are you not perfect because we're not, but that things will fucking change. Yeah. Like I, I remember when I was like early sobriety, I thought, oh man, this is great. This is how it's going to be forever. Right. And then a couple of years go by, you're like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> okay, happened? this is great. This is going to, this is how it's going to be forever. And then you're like, okay, eventually you just stop saying that yeah. because you realize I have no idea what it's going to be like forever. And what the fuck is forever anyway. Right. Yeah, like there's no forever. Yeah. And would we really want it to be exactly like this forever? Yeah. Probably not. No. Right? No. Like, yeah, it's so, pretty wild. Yeah. No. So, you know, I just keep living it and right I just, on. you know, keep reaching out with I, whoever I can and mm -hmm. I try to help, help whoever I can whenever I can. Yeah. And, you know, my phone is always on, you know, and whether it's alcohols and PTSD, you know, anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's why I say I don't like the word mental health, you mm -hmm. know, 
Um, I mean, it is it, one, it's just a way to generalize, but yeah. the generalization is what the difficulty is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen the word used too generally when there's specific issues that need to be addressed yeah. and, you know. Well, and there was a time in not too long ago when people used to say, um, that woman is hysterical. Yeah. Right? And that's basically what mental health has become. Yeah. It's like, you can use it to almost um, completely ignore somebody, right? When you, oh, they're suffering from mental health, not necessary to listen to them, right? Like, and to me, that's the problem. That's problematic. Yeah. Okay, what, 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 what are they suffering from? Yeah. Exactly. It could be something as depression, mm -hmm. alcoholism, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Well, it's definitely something. Yeah. It's not just a generic, or, oh, she's hysterical. Yeah. Or, you know, or is it higher? Which part mm -hmm. of the spectrum is it, right? Yeah. So, no, that's why I like to, you know. Be specific. When it comes to talking about certain things, I do. Mm -hmm. So. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, since I've been here, like I said, it's been a up and down roller coaster for the last year and a bit. Mm -hmm. But, uh. Still sober, still yeah. living one day at a time and, you know, getting back in the saddle. And So know. what have you found on the street then so far it, during pandemic? Because you were on the street for a while in pandemic time. Yeah. In, in what way, I guess? Like, how has it changed out there towards police and law enforcement in general? Like, have you noticed a visible change in a rural community like that? You know, personally, I haven't. Okay. You know, we live in a farming community. You know, I haven't really seen anything personally done to me. So, mm -hmm. so it feels kind of the same to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Now, policing's changed a little bit. Like, we got to wear masks. Like, mm -hmm. it ends soon. But, you know, you're wearing a mask dealing with people and mm -hmm. things like that. So that's a little weird. You know, that would be weird. Do a traffic stop at three o'clock in the morning on Highway 16. You're wearing a mask, like, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> and they're probably not. You or do you what? ask them Actually, to? Actually, no, I, I, I don't. But you'd be surprised how many people are very respectful and they put a mask on during a traffic oh, stop. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've had that. Or, or they'll ask, do, do you want me to put a mask on? Yeah. I'm like, no, it's cool. Yeah. As long as you're okay, I'm outside. Yeah. So you know. So well, yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's different between city, though, and rural, right? Yeah. Yeah, and as part of COVID stuff in our community, it's been pretty... We haven't had yeah. any really big run-ins. Like, there's, you mm -hmm. know, the, the churches out in Parkland County and, and all those places. Yeah. We never really had any big issues. We had a couple little pockets of it, but mm -hmm. for the But most, nothing like that. Where, no, not, yeah. nothing like that that we were involved in. You know, we've had a few few files where you know i'll just use an example a uh, person calls and says yeah there's 100 vehicles in the walmart parking lot they're over capacity well i'm not going to go count every single vehicle mm -hmm. and to be honest and this is my only honest opinion these businesses have to have accountability as well mm -hmm. we can't be going and counting every single person in walmart when we got domestics going on and you know yeah. drunk I would have, I would assume that that count is probably out of your purview, right? Or I would assume that yeah, anyway. Yeah, and you know. But people just want to tell on people, right? Sometimes. Yeah, and that's you know, <laughs> like I always say, man, that's about my pay grade. Yeah, that's fair. You know, fair. now it's yeah. like you know, being back to a constable, David. It's like about my pay grade. Yep. I'm dealing with it, right? That's so. right. Oh, that sounds executive. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's not my deal. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> right? No, no. So no, I shouldn't say that. But you uh, know, we're it, just but joking. We could, yeah, but but that's the thing. Like now, I look at things and 
I can actually, I think I said this before, I can laugh at myself mm -hmm. now. Instead like of getting what all I've bent, done, like, right? What I did was pretty horrible. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about it last time, we went in pretty de details of what I did. Mm -hmm. But I can sit here and actually laugh at it and people look at me kind of cross-eyed. They're like, are you seriously mm -hmm. laughing? Yeah, because I can. Because I've accepted it. I've moved on. Mm -hmm. And I, as long as I stay sober today, it ain't going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, it's crazy what we laugh at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and even, even other stuff in the past, like, I've laughed at. It's mm -hmm. just like the, what I've done. It's like, ugh. Yeah, people it's... assume I'm brain injured when I'm joking sometimes, <laughs> right? I know. And, and the reality is I am. <laughs> So, like, yeah. it's not really that far from the truth, so... Yeah, and it's, like... And then, then also, we, <laughs> we, like, we have some dark humor on top of that as well, right? Yeah, so. that's to cope with the brain injury. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, all the stuff that came out about concussions, like, after I was young and played football for years in high school, yeah. like, yeah, I can, I can guarantee that when they get in there and they look at my brain, they're going to be, like... Jesus H Christ. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's like me. Like, like, well, my incident, I had nine stitches in my head. I'm yeah. pretty sure I had a concussion. Oh, without question, right? <laughs> well, I, I was pedaling my bike. The, my first day out on my on my bicycle, mm. pedaling to work. And what do I do? I wipe out, get a concussion, sprain my shoulder and get two stitches in my face. Yeah. You know, and then I'm off for two days. <laughs> Easy way to get off a night shift, right? Right. Oh, yeah. You just bang yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only had two days off. Then I went back to work. But it's just funny though, right? So yeah. they were making fun of me. They told me I needed to be wrapped up in bubble wrap. So, oh, have you seen those big giant like um, balls people yeah. get in and roll? Yeah. Dude, that, if you can get, get the service to buy two of those for your detachment. Oh, that's a good idea. Then you guys could go out and just like, yeah. Bubble let off, horse. Let off That'd some be a steam. good team building exercise. Totally. Push you could do other. races. Yeah. Yeah. We have a nice big parking lot. I think we could do that. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Oh, somebody's slurping some water over there. Man, I love having him in here. It's so funny. <laughs> he was he was watching you through the window, just like, why won't she let me out? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. thanks for coming back. Yeah, like, thanks for having me. You you're know, welcome. I really enjoy this just, you know. Well, missing my Calgary boys. Yeah. Too, seeing you. And uh, yeah, you know. It's really awesome. And thank you for bringing Bob. Of course. I, I would have brought Lois, but a uh, cat's really hard to travel with. They don't travel well. Actually, she travels Does pretty she? good, but then you have to well, bring my a cat litter box, well. and then you have to do this, and it's just yeah. too much work. So, But no, thanks for having me again, and uh, of course. I hope that I was able to say something that might hit somebody. I'm time. sure. I'm sure you were, because it's like one of the things I noticed about, the, about service, and I don't know if it's the same with the RCMP, but with, uh, with CPS, one of the things they do well is they'll send you to treatment, make sure you get taken care of right away. Yeah. Right? So they do that well. But what they haven't figured out how to do is the after that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, is this RCMP pretty much the same kind well, of we thing? Well, have, we have aftercare, okay. which is through the treatment center, which I did for almost two years. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, no. Yeah. So that's why, you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I, you know get out and we mm -hmm. have the group in red deer uh, and that's why we're you know hopefully with this peer-to-peer -peer addict the, i should say the addiction umbrella that we can set stuff up there mm -hmm. in the future like i says i can't cure you i can't you know uh make you better but i can give you the t i can help you mm -hmm. to give you some tools to make the next mm -hmm. 
decision and help right? create a place where other people can then do that as well yeah. right to yeah. spread and then, the word and, and then help yeah. each other right yeah so you know like i says it starts with with the ground people and that's mm -hmm. somebody like me in recovery that's gone through it and that yeah. understands it yeah. because if you don't talk to another person in recovery and that's active mm -hmm. in recovery yeah they just don't get it no for sure and it's so. not just with uh with like addiction recovery but like one thing i noticed there wasn't a lot of after injury contact from anyone with with members that had been injured somehow either right like yeah. not just addiction wise and yeah. i found that really curious because the on the one hand it's really good that they send people to top-notch treatment centers yeah like really good like yeah. such a good thing but on the other hand it's like an oversight that when you come back now having that connection to the treatment center after the fact is great yeah. But I'm thinking more about someone in the service, people in the service yeah. that are then checking in on people, not just addiction, but yeah. people who have been injured somehow, right? Um, and they they found that for the, for a couple of years in CPS, nobody was calling anybody. Yeah. So they have a program now that's, I, get, I, think I don't know when it's going to start or if it's going to actually start, who knows, right? Like these programs come up and then all of a sudden they're gone. Um, but it was about members reaching out to members when they're injured yeah. right saying instead of having it some liability thing yeah. nobody gives a shit about that right but i have a feeling it has to do with that confidentiality issue you mentioned um but like just to reach out and ask if they're okay yeah. like for someone who's been off work for three or six months and nobody's called them yeah like that's terrible yeah. right like well, you have sure. injured people and you're not calling them well and i think a lot of a lot of it like i know with myself anyways, um, nobody reached out until I, I reached out to a, to a superintendent and he told me he just didn't know how to reach out. And he was scared. Yeah. Scared. They don't, they don't know if they're going to hinder or help you mm -hmm. or, or what. So I think a lot of it has to do with, they just don't know how to, how to reach out. And it was funny, you brought that up because <clears throat> when I was talking to, um, one of the executives, he even mentioned that he's like, I, I wouldn't know what to do in certain mm -hmm. situations. Right. Yeah. But you guys are the experts. So especially in addiction and recovery, I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, so we will help you to, you know, mm -hmm. explain things to you. Right. That, that's what so, one of the, someone from the executive here said that to me and same thing. Like I just didn't know. And that's genuine, right? Like, yeah. you know, that's oh, real. Yeah, no, it's definitely. But and then I looked at him and I said, well, <gasps> what if you called him and said, how are you? Yeah. That's all and, you have to say. And they looked at me like, Oh, I guess we could do that. Like the, it, it was too complicated, right? Like, yeah. it, it, because it gets because complicated. Because they, they overcomplicate it. Like I remember yeah. with myself, they'd say, you know, they would never ask me how I am. They would like go on about, oh, how's the community or how's the detachment? Exactly. But, but they never said, how are you? And I think that is, those are strong three That's or four That's a foreign words. question. How yeah. are you? Like, yeah. So simple. And just asking it in that genuine way that you get from that peer support, right? Yeah. Is how are you? I yeah. know you might not be okay. Yeah. It's okay to tell me. But then also, right? I think people are scared to ask that because then they, have to they do don't something. know what they're going to be told. Mm -hmm. And then there goes that whole confidentiality thing. Well, if you could have mm -hmm. a safe person to talk to within the organization that mm -hmm. has that confidentiality, you know, maybe they'll actually tell you how they are doing mm -hmm. if you ask the question. Well, so. and how, how wrong would it be to send the executive to some like bedside manor courses, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, just, yeah. just to teach you 
how to ask people how they are yeah. and when they tell you not freak out, yeah. right? Because you're having a human engagement. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's this not is a human. Email or a text message. Yeah, and it's not job related specifically. Well, and it doesn't right? have to be job exactly. related. Like, you know, there's more oh. than the job with yeah. people, right? Like, But I think that's what freaks people out when they yeah. don't have those social skills with, with like not just people who are not their rank, but like social skills in general, just to have that, look, I know I'm a superintendent and you're a constable, but why can't I just be like, how are you? Yeah. And then when you tell me, be like, wow, that sounds really tough or yeah. that, that sounds really great or whatever. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I mean, I know it's, it's more complicated than that because smart people complicate the shit out of everything. Yeah, they overthink. I don't have to worry about that. So, uh, right, Darcy? No comment. Right on, man. <laughs> um, so anyway, I won't get on a soapbox because I could easily do that, especially when it comes to executive who just don't, just don't do the simple things, right? Like, but I know. Hey, wait, but like I said, it starts with us. Yep. And we'll bring it up the chain. Yeah, and I'm just going to keep talking to them yep. from my lowly position yep. and sending my memos uphill, upstream, you know. Um, but yeah, I, thank you again for coming back. You're welcome. This thank is you. awesome. And for bringing Bob. Yeah, thank you for having oh, him. Oh, hi, Bob. He has his leash. I think he's like, I want to go home now. <laughs> I think he's ready to go. Yeah. 